Welcome to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast, hosted by award-winning television director, documentary filmmaker, author, and speaker, Craig D. Forrest. Join Craig for the next few minutes as he interviews leaders, artists, and creatives about trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. This podcast is produced and brought to you by Matchstick Media International. Now, here's Craig. We have a wonderful, gifted, bright, talented, creative lady, Anna Lavette, on our podcast. Welcome, Anna. Um, you're a believer. You're you're a Christian uh, that I would know, and you work prim- You do work in faith-based films and for some companies, but you do a lot of secular. Or what are the challenges challenges for someone like you, Anna, that um, are believers? but working in a secular world where you personally may not really like the film that you have to market uh, and put out there because of the values in that film. What, what are some of the challenges? Yeah, well, as you mentioned, yes, I am a believer and um, I have worked for the secular world for many years and that's my, my major basically. Now I'm working with my husband in our project, in our very own project, which, which is a I, I can say it's a faith project, but not a preachy project. Is Navidad en Guerra. And it is challenging because the audience out there doesn't like films like too preachy, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if it's a faith-based movie, you can have it. And it could be really good, but you have to be really careful in what way you are gonna tell a story, a faith story. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be really preachy or if you're going to be putting out there your Christian values, but not saying like the Bible says that you should not sin and that you should not do and do so. And because when you said uh, those uh, phrases and the verses so straight up, people kind of freak out and kind of step out, you know, uh, so it's not a... Um, it's not really easy mm-hmm. for people or for uh, Mexican people to accept a faith-based, a preachy faith-based movie. And with the secular movies, for example, in Mexico, uh, I don't know why, but people love horror movies. Really? Yeah, it's our major, um, the, the, main, the, the main box come from horror movies. Wow. I don't know why. Right. <laughs> yes, but it does. Yeah. But it's it's funny because it has to be movies that come from true related stories. For mm-hmm. example, The Nun or this kind of stories that come from uh, a, a, a temple or a, a nun or a, 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 how do you say, fraile or this kind of people yeah. that live yeah. in churches you know and uh, for example the emily rose case right that was made uh the that was made by a christian film director scott derrickson by the way and he is kind of um hi scott uh we we know each other a little bit um he's sort of gone more mainstream and and not as much of faith-based and that's if that is what he wants to do go for it scott uh, you know, keeping your values to yourself. Um, I wanted to mention something. We, I'm working on a project coming up and we, um, we, we found this wonderful lady whose name is Louise. 
and uh, she's based back east. And she, we asked her to do some research for a perspective film. And she said, oh, faith-based, uh, half of what I do when I figure out the box office and the, the business plan for films, half of them are faith-based films and half of them are horror films. She <laughs> says, I don't know why, but I get lots of horror films where they want, want to know, okay, if we spend this kind of money for a budget, what will we get back from box office and streaming? And then also for faith-based and she says, I'm, I'm right down your alley, but if you had a horror film, I could do that too. And we were just very, very amused by that. Um, yeah. You know, why do you think, I don't know why horror is so popular. Do you? I, I have no idea. I guess it's kind of, uh, I don't know how you'd say in English, morbo. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you know what, what I mean? It's, it's morbid in the sense of uh, it's death and scary. Do you mean yeah. by that? Yeah. Yes. Yes, I guess that people is like very into scary things that we don't know about death and about Satan maybe and about hell and what's, what's beyond life. And I don't know why people it's like kind of, yeah, into it. I've, I've thought, and I get myself in trouble for this, as, <laughs> welcome to my world. I get into trouble for this by saying, I, I've said this to film schools, I think we should have more Christian horror films. And they will just look at me, especially the, uh, the professor in, in the room, like, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, more Christian horror films. And they'll say, what do you mean? I said, well, scare them to death and then tell them about Jesus. Yeah. And they just start laughing, yeah. <laughs> It makes total sense to me. Let me tell you. Yes, it scare you to death. And like, okay, now you want to get out of this situation. I, I think you need to have some faith. So here's what we do with that kind of thing. The only thing with horror is that you really start dealing with uh, evil mm. and with Satan and um, death and all of these kinds of things. And it, zombies can be part of that. That's uh, vampires in the past. Yeah. You're really dealing with with a, an evil world, aren't you? Yeah, I, I I would be really careful with that because I do believe that there's a, a spiritual world out there, and you have to really be careful on playing with Satan and and in hell. And I mean, you can do something, of course. You can just be like in touch with your spirit and the Holy Spirit and with God and say to God, "Hey, I'm doing this for you, man." <laughs> you know. Right. 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 <laughs> so. I, I can totally get into it and I, I agree with you, but I would be really, really careful because maybe if I would be the director, I would have nightmares. <laughs> yes, yes. So all of you uh, future filmmakers or uh, veteran filmmakers, be careful when you do a horror film. I will also say yeah. something about horror films that uh, it is a great way, unfortunately, it is a great way for a young aspiring filmmaker to work their way up to action films and drama because most horror films do not have big budgets at all. Horror <laughs> films in, the, in all the genres out there, horror mm -hmm. films uh, are one of the best investments that an, an investor or a studio can make because let's say that a horror film is $10 million, $15 million. Horror films over and over again, not only make back the money and the cost for their budget, but also bring in a profit and a studio can say, okay, in the next year, we are going to do five horror films and we're going to spend a hundred million dollars on those five, let's say. 
And in those five films, $100 million, they could easily for the studio gross 200 to $300 million. And they made a nice profit uh, mm-hmm. on that. And, and um, they can make five films for what the cost of one action film, that's $150 million would be. And their risk is far, far less. Okay, we're going to stop talking about horror films now. I, pro- <laughs> I promise you all, all across the world, stop with the horror films, Craig. Okay, I will. I'm, st- I'm stopping right now. What does, uh, you're talking about faith-based films in Mexico. And I was going to mention one other thing. And I don't know if Canadians and Americans and Europeans understand this that might be listening. But when you step, uh, step foot into Latin America, there is an understanding of good and evil and the spiritual world that I don't think we gringos get. Uh, there is um, Santaria, there's voodoo, there is uh, all these different things. And it's a whole different spiritual world in Latin America. I mean, for a moment, could you talk about that, Ana? Yeah, well, yes, San- Santeria. Santeria and uh, all these things you've mentioned. Yes, it's a ho- it's a large uh, or folk or folk, 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 folk religions too. Sure. Yes, yes, yes. For example, in Mexico, we are very well. Not me, but a very large population is very Guadalupano. We say, and they're really hardcore believers in the Guadalupe Virgin, mm-hmm. the Mother of God. You know. Right, and we have we have a day in Mexico, a national holiday, and it's very it's very popular. Those are the December, December twelfth, in which the whole country stops to celebrate the Virgin's Day. You know, oh, okay, yeah, and it's 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 a huge deal. People from all over the country coming to Mexico City to the Guadal- uh, to the Basilica de Guadalupe. It's the largest church in in the in the country uh, that venerates the virgin okay and it's a huge huge uh celebration in mexico and, and i can i cannot uh understand why the whole country would be paralyzed literally because of the day of the guadalupe virgin you know superstition well it's like yes it's a, it's a religious thing that catholics do mm-hmm yeah, there's, there's also the the Day of the Dead, right? Yes, we have the Day of the Dead. Yes, the November first and, and, and second, in which people uh, celebrate death and and their death people. You know, mm-hmm. they they believe that in that day, uh, the death will come back uh, and to say hi, and they even pour some offerings some bread and some things that the dead people like if they're like tequila they put some tequila or um, some special food music and and and, uh decorations and yes it's a huge celebration in mexico wow and uh, it it's also because i live in california which is heavily latino Mm -hmm. and a border state um, there are lots of um they celebrations for day of the dead although i don't think that uh, anglos spend as much uh, give as much attention to that as latinos would and we have so many you know we are basically california is mexico north mm-hmm, uh, right. alta, alta california alta alto mexico in right. many ways so uh, many of those spiritual beliefs 
have simply come right straight San Joaquin Valley, Southern California, Northern California. Hey, yeah, I'm, because they have a large Latin population, right? Yes. In fact, when I was living in Orange County, which is just south of uh, Los Angeles County, I lived there for many years, um, populations 3 million in the wow. county, but 1 million of them are Latinos. Right. 1 million, one third of the population of Orange County are yeah. Latinos of some sort, uh, Guatem Guatem Guatemala, El Salvador, especially, mm -hmm. and uh, of course, Mexico. Yeah. Um, switch the subject. If, if an international filmmaker uh, is thinking of creating stories and films that would be successful in Latin America and specifically Mexico and they're faith-based. I know that you said, don't be too preachy, but what, what kind of stories uh, do Mexicanos and Latinos, Hispanics really, other than horror, what, what are the kind of stories do they really like? Romance, drama, action, what, what kind of stories? I think that we're really weird people. Really? We're, yes. I think our Mexican audience is from some stages, we like romance and mm. romantic comedy, and we're all into romantic comedy. But two or three years, and we're all into horror. Mm -hmm. And this horror uh, stage uh, stops, and we're now all into Avengers and action and, you know, I think that we like everything, mm. but but we are like um, whatever la moda is in that uh, specific time. You know, mm -hmm. I, I'm not sure if I'm getting myself explained. No, I think you, what you're saying uh, in American English, we would call it a trend or a exactly. genre or genres. Como se dice género, género. Género. In Mexico is general, genre, yeah. Yeah, yeah genre, the or, type. The, the, yeah, the yeah, exactly, exactly. That, that's what happens in Mexico. But for example, in Easter, in, in Easter, in Mexico, there always is a faith-based release. Mm -hmm. Always. All the years we have a based, faith-based release in which it, if it's a good one, you can have a really good word of, word of mouth. And if it's not, Ugh, you're gonna struggle a lot and you're gonna yeah. maybe lose money. Yeah. Um, in, in Europe, a lot of the films do better because they are dubbed, they're done, uh, translated and dubbed very authentic where you can barely tell that, you know, the first language was English, it, you know, now you're hearing Spanish, mm -hmm. um, as opposed to subtitles up on the screen. I would think that dubbing is probably more popular in Mexico, yeah? Yeah, yeah, because we have a, a very large non-English speaking population. Mm -hmm. So, and, and, and people is like kind of lazy, you know? They don't read at all. Mm -hmm. but, but if it's in Spanish, uh, you have more chances because not only people just can just listen to it, but kids can just go. And if it's a family movie, they can go and just listen, even if they, they have no uh, reading skills, you know? Right, yeah. Um, for those listening, you may not know this uh, unless you've been to Mexico uh, a few times. Mexico, Mexico has a very, very strong uh, cinema uh, history for well over 100 years, easily over 100 years of cinema. And yeah. it's 
done very, very well. And there are actors uh, and actresses that do, that are voice actors. And they're also actors that are on screen in front of a camera. Mm -hmm. When they're not doing that, they're also voice actors and there'll be one actor that is always the voice of Tom Cruise over exactly. and over again. And there's an actress that will always be the voice of Julia Roberts. Every single time there is a Julia Roberts movie or Cameron Diaz, whomever it might be, it, that actress will do the voice so it's familiar. And these mm -hmm. actors are really, really professional mm -hmm. and really, really good. And that must be fun to see a film that goes from English to uh, Spanish from Mexico, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yes, as you, you said, uh, we have a very large and creative crew in here, technical professionals to do dubbing. Uh, Raul Aldana is one of them. I don't know if you know him. He was the character. Raul Aldana was a character voices director for Disney, for the Walt Disney Company worldwide mm -hmm. during like 15 or 20 years. I don't know how many. Mm -hmm. um, he right now, he is no, no longer uh, working for Disney, but... Um, He's a great and talented dubbing director. He, um, he uses all the people that he needs to do a great, great dubbing and that you don't miss anything, you know, because sometimes I like to watch movies in English and in Spanish so I can see the difference. And if mm -hmm. I'm missing anything uh, from the original language, and there are many cases that I like the dubbing a lot, even more in the, the original language, you know? Yes. So um, it's, it's amazing that the work that we can have in dubbing in, in this country. It seems to me, and tell me if I'm wrong, that there are basically three uh, capitals of film and TV. And for TV, I would say Miami would be extremely strong in that Latino, Hispanic television. But for film, Mexico City, Ciudad Mexico, and Buenos Aires might be the two, two places. Do I have it about right, or is there something I'm missing? Yes, and I would include Argentina. Well, no, Argentina, what, Buenos Aires. Oh, Buenos Aires, I'm sorry, I didn't get that. Yes, yeah, well, my, my accent is terrible accent. No, it's, it's, it's <laughs> no muy, I'm it's, sorry. It's muy, muy malo. No, 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 you're great, I'm sorry. Yes, Buenos Aires, Argentina, Brazil, and yes, Mexico are the largest uh, countries in, in Latin America. Yes, definitely. And for in the U.S. will be uh, Hollywood. Yep. And for any of uh, the filmmakers, producers out there, writers, actors, one thing to consider about Brazil, which is just huge, so many millions of people, is that the, obviously their version of Portuguese, Portuguese, is going to be a little different uh, than the Portuguese from Portugal. So these are things you have to keep in mind. It's like the difference between English and American English in, in, in some ways. Huge country with so much so many possibilities. And actually, it's, it's, Brazil is bigger than all the other countries in South America combined. Exactly. It, it's just a huge country. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah I've been fortunate to be uh, on, on the edge of the Amazon and also in Rio, Rio de Janeiro and in incredible sites uh, as well. Yeah. What a great conversation with Anna Lavette. And uh, we'll learn a lot more in the next episode. Please join us and uh, we'll continue that conversation then. This podcast features engaging conversations with leaders, artists, and creatives sharing about current trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. 
Today's episode is produced by Matchstick Media International, a nonprofit that's passionate about inspiring both visionary leaders and young creatives to harness the power of media to further the gospel. To learn more, visit us at matchstickmedia.org. Now, back to Craig. Craig.